Hello and welcome back to Yoga Magic Friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm a longtime yoga teacher. I'm a self-care coach. I'm an astrologer, a mama of three, and I am here to bring you all kinds of self-care and self-discovery tools so that you can really spend some time on yourself, friends. That's what this is about. It was so nice to take a little break. I took the last month off to frankly get ahead. That was sort of my goal is to like, okay, get ahead on episodes, feel like some sense of ease and calm. And obviously that didn't happen, not even in the slightest. I feel like the universe works in such magical ways and that like it knew I would be at home with sick kiddos the entire month. And so just having a little pause with the podcast was very much needed, but I was able to do a lot of fun recordings with great guests so that some of the episodes coming up, they're ready to go. It takes a little bit of the pressure off. That actually had me thinking today about what I wanted to bring back to you all in this time of reflection and, you know, just share sort of my perspective on having a plan and then that plan going completely by the wayside and why maybe that's the better option. More to come on this topic, but I just want to say I'm so glad that you're here, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in each week. I heard from a lot of you while I was on break that this content is really helping you, and it's so nice to hear from you listeners that are you know, seeking out those tools, those tools to feel like your full self, those tools that bring you back to, maybe not even back to, but closer to that version of the person that you're striving to become. And this process of taking care of oneself, prioritizing our own needs, finding out who we are, it ebbs and flows. It is not a linear journey, but ultimately it's something that with that hard, heavy lifting that we do, the benefits come back like tenfold, right? And I'm hearing from a lot of you that you're doing that. You're doing this work. You're taking care of yourself. You're setting boundaries. You're doing a little self-discovery. And it really fills me up. It fills me up to hear that you are, you're doing this heavy lifting and it's paying off. So a couple podcast updates for all of you. I am so excited to be back with really amazing content. I've got a number of great episodes coming your way. We're talking self-love. We're talking a deeper layer into codependent behaviors. I've got Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts from the Peloton crew talking about what it's like to be a Peloton yoga teacher. There's so many amazing guests coming your way. But amongst that as well, I'm going to be popping on here more, doing more solo episodes, just sharing the things that I'm discovering in my own self-discovery process. What I heard from so many of you is that you like candid conversations. Like you like interviews and you love learning things, but you also enjoy those unscripted, really like go with the flow conversations. You like hearing about what we're reading when things are happening in life. And so I want to bring more of that, more of that your way and just more again, unscripted as you'll, you'll realize today, like I, I didn't put a ton of scripting into this and I'm really just wanting to speak from the heart about things that are on my mind and things that I'm learning at the moment. So thanks for sharing what you're, you're interested in everyone. This episode today, just a little short episode on something that I have been thinking about a lot. I was prepping for a friend's other podcast that we are eventually going to do here in the end of the summer around this idea of having a plan, of having a vision, of putting out you know, what you had planned for your life, and then 
that going completely different, completely different than you had originally intended. And like I said earlier, maybe that's for the better. I'm sharing this with you today because I think it's helpful, at least I find it helpful, to hear from others that really had this vision of what their life was going to look like, and then it changed, and they are okay with it. They're maybe struggling struggling with some parts, right, of not having exactly what you wanted, but ultimately knowing that like you've been given amazing gifts that just don't look exactly the same as you intended. And with manifestation, right, we have visions of what we want and we don't really know how they're going to show up. We don't really know when they're going to show up, but we ultimately trust that at some point they're coming. We know, not even trust, we know without a doubt they're coming our way. And I still really believe that. And I think that this pressure around having to achieve goals and get to the finish line at this super young age is giving us a skewed version of of our goal setting, of our career path. We don't have to have everything figured out by 25, by 30, by 35, by 40. There's so much time to figure out what it means to be filled with joy, what it means to be content, be content with majority parts of your life. Maybe not every part, but a lot of them. So Again, a little bit of a brain dump today, but I want to share really authentically about something that I've been thinking about a lot to ease some of you who are also in this stage, also in this thought process. So little story time. When I completed college and was setting out to build my career, I had this big vision of a career. I always told myself kids was not in the picture. I was going to have this career. I was in arts fundraising really wanted to work within the fine arts industry. I got a really amazing job out of college working for a major orchestra, doing major gifts planning and soliciting fundraising. And it felt like, oh yeah, like, of course I'm on the right path. And I loved it. I loved every part of it. And I did it for a long time. And when I decided that kids was in fact something I wanted to do, my perspective started to shift on my work balance. And so I realized that if I wanted to have kids, I wouldn't be able to work the nights, the weekends, the, you know, kind of constant like outings, parties, things that you have to do as someone who's in fundraising. And it felt like a really neutral hit of intuition. I wasn't sad about it. I loved my career, but I ultimately knew like this was more important to me. I changed my mind on something I had been so solid on for so long. And so I made the decision to move away from one career path that was really clear and really straightforward into one that wasn't so much, and that was in yoga. And so I'd been teaching yoga for a long time. I decided to work for the company that I was teaching at, Managed Studios. Um, If you've listened to the show before, you've heard this story. It was a really great move because what it allowed me to do is give me freedom, a little bit more flexibility. I was still able to work full-time. I was still able to like feel really fulfilled, but the career path wasn't so clear-cut. Part of the reason of doing this was because my husband was also in a very clear vision of his career path. He's an entrepreneur, and we wanted to be there for our kiddos in a really robust way. There's so many ways to quote unquote be there for your kids. In my mind, I had a really um, clear version of what that meant. 
it's different for everyone. So I don't want to mom shame or like put anything out there about like what you have to do in order to show up for your kids. But for me, it had flexibility. There was flexibility with my work so that I could be really present with my kiddos because my husband didn't have quite as much flexibility. So ultimately I made that decision to leave this job that I I really enjoyed so that I could be more present with my kids. After I had Lily, that changed my whole life. I mean, it really did. I had (laughs) like, it was hard. I've talked about this a lot. This is really what's helped me with, you know, self-care with coming back to prioritizing myself is how difficult that was. I really believe that when you have kids, like if you're going to have one kid, you might as well have a lot because you're just like in it. You're in kid life, no matter what you are in it. And that cracked everything open. Now, this is where the planning, the vision that I had built for myself, where it starts to unravel a little. When I decided to leave arts fundraising, again, that career path that felt really clear that I had built my degree around, I didn't really intend on giving up a career completely. Like that was, I was still going to continue to work and was able to um, be in the yoga field and there was a lot of opportunities there. That drive didn't go away. But what happened with that flexibility, with that choice ultimately, is that I became the default parent. Now, I need to be really clear about this. My husband is an ideal partner. He's so helpful. He's so supportive. He's there. And and if I ask him to like be 50-50, he's there. But it didn't play out that way based on the nature of his work. I found that I kind of liked being the default parent. I found that I liked being there when the kiddos were sick or like, so I could be at all their activities. But that career path that I had planned out so intricately and that I had gone to school for and done all the internships for, it started to fade away. And once COVID came around, I found myself as a stay-at-home mom, something that I cannot tell you how much I feared. (laughs) Like that was, it was, I was so afraid of, being a stay-at-home mom, mostly because I had such fears of being a mother in the first place and being alone as a mother, that was so frightening to me. What I discovered is that I could do it, that I could do really tough things. I could do the all-day stay-at-home with the kiddos and still feel some semblance of myself, but it wasn't what was in the cards. And I knew that I needed to make some tweaks. So getting to this point, I was like, wow, that shifted really quickly. I didn't intend on that, but here we are now. And again, I'm really, I'm happy it played out the way it did in in the end. I'm still on that journey. I'm still figuring this out, making some, some tweaks here and there. But had I not made the choice to leave, you know, that first career path and have kids, I wouldn't get to be here on the other side. So let me talk about the things that have come out on, on the positive. One, I'm, I'm so, so grateful I decided to become a mother. It's something that like I was so afraid of, something I absolutely could not even fathom I could possibly do. I was afraid that I would fail. And, and now it's my biggest, most proud role in life is that I get to mother three little girls. And I'm good at it. I'm really good at it. And I I take a lot of time and I learn and I strive to be better. Am I perfect? No flipping way. No way. No one's perfect. But it's something that I'm so happy that I tried because it's given me the most joy, the most contentment that I could have possibly um, 
had in life. Secondly, I started to learn different ways to feel fulfilled that weren't just related to those external factors, you know, to what you have on your LinkedIn profile or to how much money you make. Those things that started to fill me up were simple. They were joy in these, you know, small ways. It was getting outside on a regular basis. It was getting a good night's sleep here and there. It was the things that I talk about that we talk about on this show so regularly. What are the simple joys that you can have in your life? And third, and I think most importantly, is that it it opened my worldview into what's possible while still being joyful and content. I realized looking back that I, I really wasn't as happy as I told myself I was with that day-to-day grind, with the working, with being you know that career girly that I wanted to be. That wasn't filling me up as I wanted it to. And now, yes, there are absolutely horrendously horrible hard days, but for the most part, I'm so content and so joyful and so full of gratitude for every little thing. And I'm telling this to you all on a day where I've got a baby with the stomach flu. I literally had it yesterday. I mean, this stuff, you can't make this stuff up. It's insane, but I'm so happy that I'm here. It's given me a path into doing this work, doing work around helping others figure out the things that fill them up. It's led me to health coaching, which I'm obsessed with, which learning about right now and being in class has been so joyful and being able to do some practice coaching, working one-on-one with individuals has you know, being able to speak authentically about my journey through it, it's just, it's so fulfilling for me. And I know that it's helping others as well. And it's given me, I want to say hope, or it's given me even a more clear version of what it is I'm working towards in terms of manifestation. That list, that manifestation that I have now, I really want it. And I'm going to get it. I'm going to work hard, but I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to be content in the process, in the journey. So I say this all because I know a lot of you listeners have been grinding your faces off to get somewhere and then something is thrown in your way, whatever it is. It could be so many things, you know, we've, we've all been there that gets you off course and you don't even realize it until you're, you know, on the other side and you're like, crap, where did I go from here? How did I get here? But I want to just tell you from someone who's in it literally right now, who had a vision of career and like being that girl that, you know, was, was going to strive and was going to succeed. It might just look a little bit different than you were intending. Does that mean that you're failing? No, it doesn't. It means that you're a human and that your priorities, they can shift and that the universe works in mysterious ways. And when you ultimately trust that the things that are meant for you are coming your way, that's when the gifts start flooding in. Are they easy? Nope, they're not. They're not always going to be perfectly wrapped. They're not always going to be just like those things that you always dreamed of. They're going to look different, but that's okay. Don't give up. Know that the closer you are to that version of yourself that you want to become, you're going to bring in more and more of those dreams, those deep down desires that, you know, are out there deep down. I'm thinking moon right now in your, your astrological moon, those deeper layers of who you are, they're coming to you when you're in that gratitude, when you're in that contentedness, 
What can you do about this right now? Get really clear on what brings you joy on a regular basis. I was talking to a listener, an amazing new friend, client, talking about like it's hard sometimes to figure out what is our joy, what brings joy. Take a little bit of time to figure that out for yourself. And when you get a hit of joy, when you feel what that feels like, jot it down, take note. This brings me joy, this simple thing, you know, this opportunity to read at the end of the night, this hug from my kiddos, this laugh, this food you know, whatever it is, make note of the things that bring you joy, bring more of those into your life. And ultimately be open-minded to the things that come your way that might not look exactly like you had planned, but you still know, and that, you know, intuitive, that neutral way, this is the right step forward. Okay, so I wanted to give you some journal prompts around this concept, around this idea of having a vision, of having control, and then it going by the wayside and knowing that ultimately that's okay. Some journal prompts. First, what brings me joy? These can be little things. They can be big things. Like I said, jotting them down on a regular basis can help a lot. You might journal on this in the morning. You might just reflect at the end of the night. What brings me joy? Secondly, how can I enjoy the journey more, right? This process, how can I make it more enjoyable on a day-to-day basis? What simple things can I do? Who can I ask for some help and support? How can I make this journey better? What are my true values in life? What's important to me? Hint, I love to look at Venus for this. If you're someone who wants to look at the astrological birth chart, Venus will give you a little perspective into like your flavor of of your values, what's important to you, what you find, um, you know, really loving and it can give you a little direction, but you might even just start jotting down. What are your values in life? Am I carving out enough time for self-study right now? And if not, where can I put that back into my schedule? Just a little bit of reflection time to spend you know, that time and energy with myself to get to know who I am and what I want and what I value and what I'm working towards. Finally, what things that I didn't originally plan for ultimately were the best for me in the end? How can I give some gratitude to that, right? Journal on that process. Things that came out of nowhere ultimately were better for you. If you're someone who's had this experience, please, I would love to hear from you. What was it that you had really originally intended that totally changed? And now you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Maybe it's a breakup. Maybe it's, you know, a a trip that went totally awry, but it gave you this amazing life lesson. We are humans. And I think that's something that, you know, in the manifestation world, we forget and we talk about um, the beauty of like, we're magical beings. Yes, we are. But that means that with the magic and with the joy and with the things that come our way that are so glorious, there is hardship. There are things that are tough. They go hand in hand. And so we can't have one without the other. Does that mean that we have to live in a state of sadness, of struggle? No, it doesn't at all. But those go hand in hand. And so maybe you're somebody who's in kind of the low point right now. I hope you hear this and you know that on the other side, there's so much joy. There's so much magic. If you're somebody who's like me, kind of feeling like that high vibe that like, man, the last few years have been tough, but I'm so grateful that I was able to make the choices that I did and land where I am today. So take those journal prompts. Let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear from some of you. 
end this rant on, on again, this topic, but I hope you find this really helpful friends. I wanted to end with something kind of fun, something lighthearted because I did hear from so many of you that you love book reviews. <laughs> I wanted to share with some of the things that I read this last month while on break. Cause I read a lot. All of it was smut. I have to admit guys, like I'm not even on a educational journey at the moment. It's all getting my mind off the fact that my kids have been sick for two months straight. <laughs> getting a little bit of a break. Here's what I read the last month. Okay. First two books from Elsie Silver. They're in a three book, I think maybe four book series. The first was flawless and the second was heartless. These are cowboy romance novels. Did I know that I needed cowboy romance novels in my life? No, I did not. But now I am in, (laughs) it's like a new part of my personality. Yes, 100%. The first one is like a rodeo star meets his agent's daughter, close proximity trope. Love it. These are well-written and and I'm, I'm getting to that point in reading where like, if I read something and I can't understand it, even if the story is really good, the writing isn't so great. I need to find someone else. So I'm definitely here for some good writing. Elsie Silver has that. Secondly, Heartless is a single dad, grumpy single dad trope. Again, one I did not know that I would enjoy, but fully enjoy. And yeah, just very fun characters, well-developed, strong heroines. You know, who loves a good dad? I do. That sounds great. The next set of books are by Liz Tomford. The first is The Right Move. The second is Mile High. Actually, I believe Mile High is the first one in the series, but I read that one second. So I'll tell you in the order in which I read. The first one that I read was The Right Move, which is a basketball romance. Again, well-written, real characters. There is... um, this is like another close proximity trope. So they get stuck living together because of a breakup and he's a like major basketball player. I mean, who doesn't love like a pro athlete? (laughs) Such a vibe. They get together. It's lovely. Mile High was the first one in the series. Um, Again, pro athlete. All of the books in the series are pro athletes in Chicago. So this is a pro hockey player. She's the flight attendant on their chartered flights. They fall in love. She has like this struggle with body issue, which they talk about a lot. And it was nice to see that conversation happening in a really positive light and how he was so adoring of her and yeah, enjoy that. And then the final was, this is not in the same series. It's a different series. Final Offer. That's by Lauren Asher. This is one of the books in three book series. They're all brothers and they're like the heirs of what would be equivalent of like the Disney legacy, the Disney um, monies, (laughs) lots of it there. So very wealthy. This particular main character really struggles with addiction. And I know that sounds kind of dark, but like seeing it through his eyes, seeing him work through it and that love interest and the way he is able to crawl out of that hole is really beautiful. The romance is, it's, you know, it's thick. They're spicy. All of these are very spicy. I would say like four out of five on the spice and highly recommend if you need to get your brain off of all the heavy lifting that you might be doing in the self-care and self-discovery work. These are just lighthearted and fun. More to come next month. I'll give you an update on the things I'm reading each month because I think you like it. You've been telling me that you have. I, I just finished Archer's Voice, everyone, and I know that's like a huge people like die over Archer's Voice and I have some thoughts on it, um, but more to come on that. 
I did read one book in the non-romance department and I'm, I'm still currently reading because I'm taking it really slow and that's The Courage to be Disliked. It's very interesting in shifting our perspective on always needing to be liked. That's something that I struggle with quite a bit. Um, it has, it really goes back to Adler psychology and Adlerian psychology and really this idea that like personal relationships are the root of all of our challenges. And if we can overcome that, if we can let go of the things that we hold onto with our relationships with others and just ultimately like are okay being unliked, we can move through a lot. Interesting perspective on trauma, I, I have to say. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Psychology is so wild because it's it's theories, right? It's opinions. And this is, this is a, it's good. I'm learning. There's a lot of takeaways, but again, I'm taking it really slow. It's a conversation between this like older philosopher man and this young man who's just like poking holes in all of his theories and they're talking. It's just like a, it's this conversation to work through some of these theories. So that would be, if you're someone like me who struggles with the need to be liked, it's a good read. My husband's reading it too. Um, yeah, we're learning quite a bit. All right, friends, shorty episode, bringing it back home. Again, I wish I had much to tell you in terms of all the things that I was able to accomplish. I was going to get tons of episodes up on YouTube. I was going to get all these like rebranding things done and pretty much none of it happened. (laughs) What did happen though, is I was able to hear from a lot of you person to person about things that are meaningful to you, why you enjoy listening to the show, what you're interested in hearing more of. And that has given me so much insight because I want to bring more of that your way. And this show, it's about bringing tools. It's about bringing ideas to you so that you can try on what works best. We know at the end of the day, someone telling you what to do doesn't work. Someone saying, here's what you have to eat in a regular day, or here's the practice that you need to do to be better, doesn't ultimately work. What does work is when you're able to educate yourself, you're able to gather the information, you're able to try things on and ultimately make those choices for yourself. Make the changes for yourself. Do the self-study work so that you can figure out what's important to you and make those changes so that you feel you know, like that version of yourself that you want to become, that you're becoming right now. So again, this show has so many ideas. Coming up is next week, our conversation with Chelsea Roff around self-love and overcoming um, an eating disorder through the practice of yoga. It's a really beautiful story. And I've heard from a lot of you that this idea of like self-love body image is something that you're struggling with and that many of you have in fact worked through an eating disorder or, or working through that right now. And and yoga is one of those tools that can really, really help. I loved her conversation. So make sure you tune in next week. Lots of conversations coming your way, everyone. I'm so appreciative of you. Thanks so much for holding out over the last month. I'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>